Welcome to Understand Murdoch, a podcast from The Post and Courier, South Carolina's largest newspaper. Our award-winning reporters have spent more than a year digging into the Murdoch saga to bring you the latest news and in-depth analysis as we covered the story of drugs, deceit, and death in South Carolina's rural low country. And now we're here to provide quick daily updates on Alec Murdoch's highly anticipated double murder trial in Colleton County. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Understand Murdoch. I'm Nathan Stevens, your host here for week three of the double homicide trial. I'm here with Jocelyn Greshik, who's part of our team of reporters covering the trial in Walterboro. Jocelyn, Judge Clifton Newman issued a pretty consequential ruling in the case today. Can you explain what happened? Yeah, so Judge Newman made his final decision today about what to do with evidence prosecutors were hoping to introduce in this trial with regard to the alleged financial crimes they say Alec committed in the decade before the June 7, 2021 murders. And we discussed this last week, but prosecutors believe this evidence is a key element in establishing Alec's motive in killing his wife and son. Judge Newman has been holding a hearing within the trial since about midweek last week to hear testimony and see evidence prosecutors hope to present to jurors. He heard from a total of seven witnesses before ultimately granting prosecutors' request. Does that mean he's allowing jurors to hear evidence of Alex's alleged financial crimes? That's right. So he decided this evidence is ultimately relevant to the double murder trial. Judge Newman found that admitting the evidence may be prejudicial to Alec, but prosecutors successfully showed the alleged financial crimes are intimately connected with the murder charges, and therefore the evidence is more probative than prejudicial. So what does this mean for the rest of the trial? Well, it'll certainly last a good bit longer now, and prosecutors will be calling each of those seven witnesses back up to the stand to testify again, but this time it'll be in front of the jury. And Judge Newman's decision was also a huge win for prosecutors, just in terms of bolstering their overall case. Can you walk us through what else happened today? Sure. So the first witness jurors heard from was a woman named Shelly Smith. She was taking care of Alec's mother Libby at the time of the murders, and she was actually working an overnight shift at their home in Almeida from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. the night of June 7th. Shelly told prosecutor John Metters Alec had called her late that evening and said he was outside the house. So Shelly let him in and he came up to Libby's bedroom and visited with her for a few minutes. Shelly testified he was there for about 15 or 20 minutes total. Did she notice anything off about him? Shelly said he was fidgety, but that was pretty normal for Alec. She also didn't notice any blood on him. Did Shelly see Alec again after the murders? Yeah, she testified about two more interactions they had. So Alec's father Randolph died on June 10th, just three days after the murders. Shelly was helping the family out through this entire ordeal and was working at Almeida during Randolph's visitation. And Shelly testified she was sitting with Libby when Alec walked in and told Shelly, if anyone asks, I was at Almeida for 30 or 40 minutes. And he was talking about the night of the murders. 
And Shelley grew quite emotional on the stand when she was recalling this moment for jurors. His words had upset her, she said, so Shelley called her brother, who's in law enforcement, and told him about the conversation. Metters asked Shelley why she had started crying, and she just said that the Murdochs were a good family and that she was sorry for everything that had happened. Mm, Okay. And what about the third conversation? Yeah, so then Shelley talked about a time shortly after Randolph's funeral when Alec showed up at Almeida at 6.30 in the morning. She testified Alec had never been there that early. She said Alec was carrying what looked like a blue tarp bundled up in his hands. He walked upstairs with it and then left, according to her testimony. But then defense attorney Jim Griffin cross-examined Shelley and things got a bit confusing. Griffin asked whether she might mix up a blue tarp with a blue rain jacket. And Shelley said she wouldn't. And the raincoat is significant because prosecutors have previously said that this particular jacket had high levels of gunshot residue on its insides. But then Metters, the prosecutor, showed Shelley a photo of the rain jacket stuffed inside the back corner of a closet in the house. And Shelley testified that this was, in fact, the object she had seen Ellet carry in that morning. So was it a blue tarp or a blue rain jacket? Well, it still seems like no one really knows. We heard from Kristen Moore, an agent with the State Law Enforcement Division, who conducted a search warrant of Almeida in September 2021. And she actually found both a blue tarp and a blue poncho-like rain jacket in the house. Agent Moore testified that she did two tests on the jacket to see whether any blood was present, but both came back negative. The jacket was then taken back to SLED's lab for a gunshot residue test. The tarp, however, was never tested for blood or for gunshot residue. Okay. And how did we end the day? The last witness jurors heard from was a woman named Jamie Hall, who worked as a forensic technician in SLED's lab at the time of the murders. And she examined a number of items connected with the case, including the clothing Alec was wearing the night of June 7th. Hall's job was to prepare the items for gunshot residue analysis. She made it clear that she was not actually the one in charge of analyzing them. But as she prepped Alec's white t-shirt for the testing, she noted small reddish-brown stains on the shirt and that it smelled like laundry detergent. Okay. What can we expect tomorrow? Well, jurors are scheduled to return to the courtroom at 9.30. Judge Newman is expected to settle a debate about this blue rain jacket. Defense attorneys don't want it revealed to jurors the jacket tested positive for gunshot residue. They're arguing prosecutors, after Shelley's testimony, can't definitively link the jacket to Ellick at all. Okay. Thank you so much again, Jocelyn. Thank you. That's all we have for now. For more in-depth coverage of this trial, as well as the latest news on the Murdoch story at large, stay tuned to postandcourier.com slash Murdoch. You can find us on Twitter at Post and Courier. We would love if you could send questions, feedback, and tips to our Murdoch email address. That's Murdoch at postandcourier.com. And please 
Also take a minute to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to keep up to date on the trial, subscribe to Murdoch News, a premium newsletter from the Post and Courier, bringing you exclusive first-hand insight from local South Carolina reporters who have covered this saga from the beginning. Subscribe at postandcourier.com slash Murdoch News, and we'll bring you exclusive reporting on the civil and criminal cases of Alec Murdoch. We'll see you next time.